Hey family, I just want to say thank you for your generosity. It is absolutely helping us to make a difference. You know, we often say that you don't give to a church, but you give through a church, meaning what comes in goes out to make a difference. And hear me, in 20 months as a community, we are making a difference. Each month we serve our community through our I Love My City initiatives, where we partner with amazing organizations in our city to simply serve our city. We have provided meals to literally thousands through multiple mobile food pantries. This year, we would give $90,000 towards missions and outreach. And here's where we really need to celebrate. Since the beginning of TBC, we have seen 180 people make decisions for Jesus and 36 people raised to new life in Christ. Come on now. Listen, that's what it's all about. And you know what? All of this has been made possible through your generosity. Know this, there are more that we can do. There's more people for us to reach through missions. There are more people to see saved. There are more people to be baptized. And that's what the Bricklayers offering is all about. It's about the spirit of generosity coming together to see more lives change. So when we come together as a community on December 10th to give above and beyond, we're coming together to see more changed lives. Listen, Jesus is building his church and he's doing it brick by brick. Hey family, we are currently in our At The Movies collection and today we're running it back to a message that I believe is gonna be life-giving to your life right now. Before we get into the message, I wanna let you know that you can stay up to date with us on social media by following us at The Becoming Church on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on podcasts. Now, while you're there, do us a favor and like, subscribe, rate, share, and comment. Not for our benefit, but so that other people can connect with that same life-giving message of Jesus. Now, let's take a look at today's message. Because listen, family, we want the miraculous to happen in our lives, but we don't want the discomfort that comes along with it. We want the story of Jeff Bezos, and we started in the garage, and God brought it from here, and he took it to there. Right? We, we see that, or excuse me, I should say we see that. And we celebrate that, and it's a big deal, and it's awesome, and it's cool to hear. But we, we're like, God, can we skip the garage, though? Because <laughs> in the summer, it's hot, and the winter is cold, right? But listen, family, the miraculous doesn't occur in a place of comfort. It happens outside of it. We say, God, I want this, but just don't mess with my comfort. But miracles happen outside the safety of comfort. Think about the basis for a miracle. It's because there's some resistance or some wall that you're facing. And so you need God to intervene on your behalf to get you through the resistance that you're facing. So if there's no resistance, then is it a miracle? So that means when the miraculous occur, it's from a place of discomfort. If there's someone who needs if you need healing in your life or a friend or family member, that sickness is not comfort. It's discomfort. So that means that miracles happen outside the safety of comfort. So sometimes we pray these prayers, like, God, we want to see you move. We want to see the miraculous occur. He's like, are you ready to get uncomfortable? Are you, are you okay with the lack of comfort that will exist because of what you just prayed for? And then when it happens, we say, I didn't know it was like that. I was meaning, you know, a little bit like this. 
But miracles happen outside the safety of comfort. A great story that illustrates this is Matthew 14, uh, where we see uh, Jesus and the disciples, they finish up a time of ministry, and Jesus sends them on away, and they hop in a boat, and they go on, and Jesus is doing his thing, and then the way for him to catch up to the disciples, he decides uh, to walk on water. And now Peter and the rest of the disciples, they see Jesus, and they start losing it because they're, they're thinking it's a ghost. And Jesus, I feel like, I, I, I read the Bible where it just comes to life. I feel he's like, I keep, how many things I got to do? Guys, it's not a ghost. It's, it's me. I mean, you've seen the two fish that follow the bread. You still, I mean, come on. You know how I get that. This is how I read the Bible. So the Bible's not boring. You just got to read it and let the pages jump off at you. But anyway, he's like, it's not a ghost. It's me. Just chill out. Relax. And so Peter, if you're familiar with Peter and kind of his temperament, he always has something to say. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just not at the right time. Sometimes he means well, but it's, it's it, ah, Peter, no, nah, not, not right now, right? So he says, well, then if it's you, then call me out there. Call, call us out there. And so Jesus says, come. And so Peter, he steps out of the boat, and he's walking towards Jesus. Now, notice I said Peter is walking towards Jesus because oftentimes it's portrayed that Peter he sank. That all the oftentimes everything that you hear about Peter is how he sank. But no, he walked on water. Peter only sank when he took his eyes off of Jesus. This is not a point that I want to make, but here's a quick thing to pay attention to. What are you staring at? Like, like what has your attention? Like God has told you to do this. You need to stare at him. You need to see him. Who cares what's happening to the left or the right? That's not where he's called you. He's called you to fix your eyes on him. So Peter, he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And then that passage, it says that when he saw the wind, that's when he started freaking out. Now, I get it. We're in the Rocket City. There's a lot of smart people here, highest per capita of, of PhDs and all that, so which I am not one. And so I get it. There's a great chance, a really good chance that you're smarter than me. So help me if I'm missing this. How do you see wind? Like you can see the effects of it. In fact, near our subdivision right now, there are some trees that are still down from the wind that came through. But how do you see it? You can see the effects. You can see what it causes. You can even hear it. But how do you see it? Listen, Peter allowed something to sink him that was an imagined danger. So what is it that you are imagining in your mind that you are allowing to stop you from responding to the call of God? Lord, I want to step out in this, but what would they say? God, I want to step out in this, but how would that look? God, I want to do this, but the optics don't look right. I want to respond in this way, but I just don't think that that's going to go over well on social media. And so instead of responding to the call of God, we allow these imagined dangers to sink us. But listen, family, don't look to the elements. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So in that moment, Peter had been walking on water, and then he sinks but here's what I love about this story, is that when Jesus said, come, he didn't say, Peter, come. 
He only said, come. So that meant the invitation to step outside of the place of comfort was available to all. So where oftentimes we, we get on Peter for his lack of faith, Peter was the only one who actually had faith in that moment to step outside of the boat and said, if Jesus is over there, if he's calling me to it, then I'm going to step to that thing. Here's what I'm asking. Are there any people who are like Peter and are ready to step outside of the boat? If you've been in a place of comfort too long, God is saying stepped out. You waited too long. You made enough excuses. You thought of enough reasons why not. This is your moment to step outside the place of comfort because hear me, miracles do not happen in the safety of comfort. If you want to be a part of the miraculous, if you want to live a life of faith, it's going to require you to dismiss your comfort and say yes to calling. There is none of us in here have a call of comfort. That does not come with the calling. So if you feel like, yo, I'm walking in my calling, I've stepped in the calling, and it's comfort, that's not it. I'm not saying that it's not going to be grace. Now, yes, of course, but there are going to be moments, there are going to be trials, there are going to be things that you're going to have to trust God. There are going to be moments where you're going to say, God, if you are God, then I need you to be God in this moment because I don't see a way out. I don't know a way out. I don't know how to push this thing through, but I know that you called me here. I know that you brought me here, and I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the headlines say. I'm trusting you because I'm only here because you called me. Do I have anybody who's wanting to connect to some faith in this, mor- this morning? Come on, is this tr- are you awake? Are you here? Are you ready to connect to the faithfulness of God and how he wants to use you? Oftentimes we pray for somebody else to be the answer. But I'm looking and scanning this room. These are people in this room who are the answer. There's some need around you. There's something around you that God needs some people who, to level up with some faith and be the answer to that problem. I'm telling you this morning, you're the answer to the problem. But here's the thing. You're going to have to live a life of faith. You're going to have to step outside of comfort, even if it means it comes with the crowd. So who do you think you are now? You've been going to that new church. You've been going to that one church. Becoming. Oh. You got to ignore that. You got to dismiss that. Because here's what purpose is. We, we've, we've mentioned it the last couple of weeks. Purpose is God saying there's a need in the earth and I want to use people to solve it. What a powerful message. If you'd like to connect with the full message, you can find it in the description below. We love you, church, and the best is still to come.